Hi friends, welcome back to a brand new episode of OK Now Breathe podcast. I'm Megan from OKNowBreathe.com, where I talk about all things mental health, self-care, and self-love with the help of spirituality. So a few days ago, I got something in the mail that was this little like organizational cart thing and because I need more space in my room slash office and my room has been a cluttered mess for a while now and it's just not good for my mental health like I'm somebody who needs my space organized and like with no things all around because it just makes my head feel busy and then I just get distracted so I just felt like taking the day to go through a lot of my things and get rid of some junk, you know, donate some junk. (laughs) Not necessarily junk, but, you know, donate some things. And I stumbled upon my old journals that were filled with poems and journal entries and, ooh, (laughs) I did the thing like any normal person would do. And I was like, let's take a trip down memory lane. So what I did was I opened my journals and I started to read them and I got a big lump in my throat. I've always been somebody who expresses themselves through writing, through poetry, through uh, songwriting, or just writing in general. And... I had this one journal, this one notebook that I got specifically for the time that I was in therapy. And that is the time that my life was completely falling apart. But, you know, in hindsight, my life had to fall apart in order to come together. That's what I kind of wanted to ask you right now. When was the last time that you sat down and reflected on all the things that you've been through in your life and just how proud you are of yourself for overcoming them? I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. I don't think we ever really take the time to be like, I've been through some crap and I thought that I was not going to make it through. But guess what? I did. And then you can look back on yourself and feel so proud. And you can look back at that time and still be so, you know, <laughs> feel in pain and feel those feelings that you felt at that time. Because when I was flipping through my entries of all the poems I wrote and all the things that I wrote, I was writing about the the painful relationship I had with my mom. I talked about the time that I was trying to overcome the years of neglect and abuse growing up. I was talking about the sexual abuse I faced as a child. And the thing that really got me crying on my bedroom floor, filled with so many emotions, was reading 
one of the journal entries I wrote, I just, you know, I'm somebody who just writes and doesn't think about what I'm writing and I just write and get it all out. Like, I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm not trying to spell things correctly or have correct grammar or none of that stuff. And I read it back and it was about the time that I really struggled with self-harm where I was engaging in some type of self-harm activity pretty much every single day for years. And I would try and stop, but then I didn't really want to stop. And I wrote this entry that was like, I cannot do this to myself anymore. I cannot hurt myself anymore. And as I was writing that, I remember thinking, like, I'm writing this and I want it to be true. I want to not self-harm again. I want to not engage in self-destructive behaviors anymore. And I wrote it and I remember thinking that this probably is not going to work. Because for years on and off, I would self-harm. There is one point where I was a year free from self-harm and I felt so proud of myself. But at that time, I was like, I know I'm going to do it again. That is how deep I was in my depression and in my self-hatred that I just, I wouldn't allow myself to fully commit to being, you know, free from self-harm. And I remember like it was a few days after that, I was like, you know, I am going to give my permission. I am going to give myself permission to do this. And it was after I had to put my dog to sleep. And she was with me almost my entire life. She was almost 15 years at that point, And it was me and my sister having to make that decision. Um, it wasn't my parents. My mom wasn't living with us anymore. My dad, he was in the thick of his own addiction with alcohol and so it's like everything in our life was falling apart at that point our parents are getting a divorce and we were going to have to move and we couldn't rely on anybody really besides me and her and it was so hard to have that decision to put your best friend to sleep and to watch them close their eyes for the last time and to feel the life escape from their body. And I thought, well, this is the perfect time. This is the perfect excuse to hurt myself again. So after a year of being self-harm free, I hurt myself again. And to backtrack to where all the self-harm started was back when I was 14. And it started with me writing words of self-hatred on my legs, on my body, in markers, in sharpies, and then it manifested into physical harm. And then I harmed myself on and off for years, it would be times where it wasn't really 
an actual serious problem. Like, obviously, I should not have been harming myself. I should not have been physically hurting myself. But I remember self-harm really becoming a problem for me at the end of 2014. That's when I really started to have to face the realities of being sexually abused by a family member when I was younger. And my life felt like it kept spiraling out of control (laughs) because first I had to cut ties with that person and then I had to be forced to talk about it with my mom and then my mom was in and out of mental hospitals. She filed for a divorce. She took majority of my parents' money. We lost our home. We had to move away. And all of this happened in such a short amount of time. And then I was dealing with my own depression and daily panic attacks and my world felt completely out of control and I resorted to the only thing that I felt like I could control which was hurting myself and for years it was so hard for me to stop. I was unrecognizable and I I don't want to go into too much detail about what I did to myself because I know that can be very triggering. It can give ideas to other people who are struggling with self-harm and I don't want to do that. But I was using anything I could get my hands on and I would self-harm in the bathroom when me and my boyfriend at the time, my fiance now, when we would get into arguments about me self-harming and I would self-harm at work when I would go into the storage room. I would literally keep one of the objects I used to self-harm in my boot, in my shoe, and I would self-harm at work. And it was like a daily thing for me in one way or another, whether it was, please, if you are struggling with this, Please skip over this part. But I would take drink cough syrup. Like, I am somebody who's a straight edge. I've never drank in my life. I've never smoked, did drugs, anything like that. And I was using cough syrup and over-the-counter pain medicine And using things to numb myself. And I felt like I could not get out of it. I would stop self-harming for a few months and then go back and do it every single day. And it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And like I said, there was a point where I was self-harm free for a year. And then, then my dog died. And then I was abusing everything, abusing myself, my body, my mind, 
for several more months. So my dog passed away at the end of June, June 26, 2017. And the last day I self-harmed was November 2nd, 2017. And like I said, I gave everything to my boyfriend, or my fiancé now, and I just knew. And I, I remember laying in my bed with him and taking everything out of the hiding places. And I remember holding one of the objects close to my heart. And I had to grieve to let it go. And like I said, I used anything I could get my hands on. Everything. I was creative in the ways that I harm myself. And, and just like then, I feel almost how I felt back then, like I do now. Because going back to that place reminds me what I felt like every single day. But the other day when I was cleaning out my room and I found that journal, I believe I wrote it in October of 2015. So it was several months of me from November 2014 to October 2015 that I dealt with it. And I wrote this journal entry two years before I even reached a point in my recovery where I didn't have to choose self-harm anymore. But I am going to read to you this journal entry that I wrote. So maybe you can get a little glimpse inside of how my mind was. And then I'll tell you about how I feel now, which I promise is night and day difference. But here we go. I'm scared of failure, but here I am failing again. I don't even know what honesty even is anymore. I am not honest. I am no longer. What happened to the girl I once knew? Did she get buried in fabrications of a woman in training? Someone who is so fragile that she isn't even breakable can easily pour poison down her throat. I feel my insides turn to fire. Here I am. I feel again. I need you, but I can no longer have you. I can't have the snap of pleasure on my arm. I can't have the sting of comfort on my hips. I can't have you. I can't. I can't. I can't. Am I really selfish for feeling this way? Is me expressing myself really harmful to me? What's more selfish? Me relieving myself or me making someone who's really hurting hurt even more? But here I am turning the page to a new chapter. It's unwritten, but the pen is here. It's being held between my fingers. Let me write. Let me explore what I can do. Who do I want to be? I mean really honestly be. I want to be honest at my core. I want to know right from wrong, good from bad. I want me to embrace the flaws I put on my body and know that they are just that. They are flaws. And I never want to tell myself that I didn't mean to push that far. 
But at the same time, I need to accept when I fail and know that just because I failed, it does not mean I'm a failure. Let me be healthy. Let me be free. Let's live. And even as I wrote that, I was lying to myself because I was not ready to recover. And I think you can tell in my words, I was not ready to recover. And like I said, it went on for two more years. I mean, in that, in that time, there was a gap of a year. I believe from May, yeah, May 2016 until the end of June. It was either the end of June or the beginning of July. It was after my dog passed away, like I said, that I self-harmed. So it was like 13 months, 13 months free of self-harm. And then for a few more months, I was struggling really bad. But then, like I said, the start of my actual self-harm anniversary is November 3rd, 2017. And I have not self-harmed since then. But to be completely, totally, 1000% transparent... There have been times when I took too many painkillers, over-the-counter painkillers, to try and numb myself from whatever I was experiencing. But that has been, I don't know the exact day, but it's definitely been a year or two since I've done that. And I'm so proud of myself and reading through these journal entries and reading through these poems and the songs that I was writing during the hardest years of my life. I would not have reached this part of my recovery if I didn't move away from everything that was causing me so much turmoil in my life, all the changes in my life, all the memories of all the pain and the abuse and the neglect that I lived through. Because when I moved, I moved from a place that I did not want to move. And I stopped self-harming in November, at the very beginning of November, and I moved in February the following year. And I took the opportunity of moving as being a fresh start. And that's exactly what it was. I moved to a place with mountains and rivers and streams and nature. And outside my front door, I see a wild turkey and deer and black bears. And I get to go outside every night and see so many stars and smell the fresh air. And I get to go out my front yard where I live within mountains. I live on a mountain and I get to see views of even taller mountains out in the distance. And here is where I found spirituality. Here is where I found using astrology and numerology and reading tarot and oracle cards and using crystals and balancing out my chakras and listening to meditation music every single day and taking time to be mindful 
and putting myself first. And I never got to do that in the environment that I was in. The environment that reminded me of all the pain and trauma. And it was even the fresh start for my dad, too. When he moved here, he decided to get sober. My dad found sobriety here. And the move that we didn't want to happen, it ended up being the best thing for us. And it, you know, and just looking back at all of this, like when I was cleaning my room and organizing my room, it's so, you know, we don't give ourselves enough credit. We don't give ourselves enough time and energy to even look after ourselves, let alone being proud of ourselves. And being proud of all the times we, you know, powered through anxiety. Or all the times we survived a very, very hard and painful bout of depression. Or any breakups that we've been through. Or any time we've lost a pet or a loved one, a parent. Any time that there was some kind of change in our life that we didn't want to happen. And it ended up being the best thing for us. So I want to encourage you today. Maybe right now. Maybe after you listen to this. Reflect. Reflect on your life. And everything that you've been through up until this point. And be proud of yourself. Write down all your accomplishments. Write all the things that you've been through that you've overcome that you forgot to say that you're proud of yourself for. And I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart. If no one else is going to say this to you, if you're not even going to say it to yourself, you did the damn thing. You did the damn thing. And I'm so proud of you. You are so powerful. You are so strong. You are so worthy. You are so capable. And anything you're scared of happening right now, you will survive it. And you will be so proud of yourself, even if it's something painful and hard and difficult. You will be able to look back on everything you've overcome. And you'll be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I freaking did it. And I want you to tell yourself today how much you love yourself. Even if you feel like you hate yourself right now, I want you to actually physically put your arms over your chest and give yourself a hug, give yourself an embrace, and tell yourself that you love yourself. And even if you can't say this in this moment, talk to your younger self. Talk to your inner child. I would say, Megan, I'm so proud of you. You are safe here. You are protected here. I love you. And I want to close off this episode reminding you that you can do hard things. You're so much more powerful than you give yourself credit for. And please take some time to remember that. And if you're ready to take this step of honoring yourself and loving yourself and talking to your inner child, I do have a self-love journal available on my store. 
that's filled with so many journal prompts talking about loving yourself, accepting yourself, loving your body, accepting your body, dealing with inner childhood trauma, setting boundaries, prioritizing self-care. It's filled with so many mind-blowing, mind-changing journal prompts that I've used in my own recovery. And I also talk so much more about self-love and overcoming battles and trials and tribulations on my Instagram at OKNowBreathe and on my website, OKNowBreathe.com. I want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to join me here and listen to me talk about my self-harm addiction story and talking about what life is, you know, during recovery because we can do it. I did it. You can do it. We can overcome any obstacle that's in our way. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.